0: Coming up on Thunder Pop.
1: Chris Truz on? Well, that dude's got mad beard game. I'm gonna have to ramp this up. Oh, I don't wanna look bad. There. Oh yeah, that's perfect. Let me get this damn gap. Alright, now I'll show him. Oh man. <laughs> Who put that in? It <laughs> was behind the scenes. Ah, oh, shoot! You got hacked. Somehow, I got hacked again. Never fails. Always getting hacked. I gotta stop opening up those those links that my aunt sends me.
0: She means um, well, dude. She means well.
1: Says, open this link. It'll bring you uh, happiness and and superpowers, all that good stuff. Chris, true. Speaking of superpowers. The man sitting next to me, coming to you from the great city of New Orleans, one of my favorite places, actually. We were talking about that before the show. Uh, former Austinite for the Austin people. Give you some applause there. Yeah, Chris True. I, I'm excited to have you here, man. It's going to be fun.
0: Yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Thank you so much. I am grateful for the time. I like your set. It looks slick. There's a lot of, um, nice, nice stars skate behind you. I'm jealous.
1: Well, thank you. Yeah. And sometimes I can reach back here and pat one of the buildings on the the head like I'm King Kong and King Kong has nothing on me.
0: You're my favorite rampage character.
1: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) I feel I'm honored. Thank you. I'm honored. Uh, so, real excited, and first of all, you, you're a busy man, I'm going to call you now probably the, the, the busiest man in, in the city of New Orleans, um, whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong on that, you know. It's either
0: me or Drew Brees, and he just retired, so. Since,
1: since he just retired, I yeah. may have to give you that title, but here, yeah. and, and also, I wanna, and you've got a lot of things going on, we're going to talk about the stuff that you have going on, you have a book, you have a, a new podcast starting soon, uh, you've been working on a lot of projects, you're doing a classes online. That you started yeah. online during the during the COVID, and I want to congratulate you on your new job on your newest newest job. That I heard that you're you're coming back to Austin. <laughs> I heard that that Chris's beard is going to be the new Longhorn Hook em horns for Chris. Chris's beard is going to be the new Texas Longhorn coach. Um, I'm I'm super excited. I'm super stoked about this that you're coming back to Austin. Well, actually, your beard. Now it's it's a, um, first of all it's very innovative for just your beard to get hired. That was
0: part of the contract negotiations. You know, they wanted the whole thing they wanted the basketball brain up Mm -hmm. here. And, uh, I said, you know, this basketball brain is busy, so you can get the bottom half of my face. And they were like, well, uh, we really want, can we get one of the eyes? And I was like, no. So Mm. it's just my beard. I'm sending my beard back across I 10, uh, ducking over to central Texas. It should, it should work out great.
1: Ah man, I'm excited. So yeah, ladies and gentlemen, Chris's Beard announced last week to be taken over as a Texas Longhorn basketball coach, and obviously experience because you working with the, the New Orleans Pelicans brings that basketball pedigree and experience to the college game, and, and you having experience in Austin and knowing the market. Uh, well, your beard having experience in Austin and knowing the market, so it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. Wait, wait we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun this episode. We're gonna talk. Uh, your new book that you have that's available on various platforms. Your podcast is coming up. The classes that you're teaching. We're going to talk about some some great stuff in the past. Uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah. Air sex competition. Yeah. By the way, legendary Airsex competition. Uh, look, Google it, people. If you don't know what I'm talking about with the air sex competition, get with it. This was like a, a national phenomenon. A movie was made, documentary was made about this. Yeah. About the Air 6 competitions. So we're going to talk about that. Talk about uh, comedy. Is comedy dead? Yes. Oh, God. So, <laughs> no, I'm it's like, not. Oh, it's not. Okay. The,
0: the, the show can still happen.
1: Okay, good, good. Yeah. So comedy's not dead, but we're going to talk about that. Has cancel culture, cancel culture, not, not cancel culture, cancel culture. Has cancel culture killed comedy? We're going to ask that question to, Chris true in this episode and he's gonna tell us what's true because he's Chris true and I'm sure you've heard that only about a zillion times in your lifetime
0: it's been a minute I appreciate it
1: bringing it back bringing it back old school all right let's get into the intro and then we're gonna get into the show
0: it's, fun to pop. it's time Okay, I lied. pop, pop,
1: oh pop. Yeah, dude, that's a killer intro. Thank you, thank you. That was the that was the goal. I was like, you know, even if the show sucks, I'm gonna have a badass intro because I I can I can come up with a good intro, right? I'm a fan of intros. I've, I've loved intros and in movies and TV shows for years. And I was like, I'm going to at least get the intro right.
0: Yeah. It's like an easy thing to take lightly and just be like, fine. It's a, but when you go for it and you're like, let's make this special. Mm-hmm. It, I think it really lands in a really big way. I'm all about it. Good for you.
1: Hey, well, thank you, man. Coming from you. That means a lot. I'm, I'm glad, oh, you, yeah. I'm glad you, you like the intro of, um, of that's, that means a lot for sure. Okay. Show notes. Pull them up here, get into my passcode on my phone and see what we're going to talk about, <laughs> Chris True. Actually, icebreakers is our opener here. We're going to, you've oh, never been sorry. on the show, yeah. and I'm, I'm so happy to have you, but you've never been on the show, and I, I wish we'd had you on sooner. Uh, this is a lot of fun, but icebreakers for new guests. Okay, so this is going to be kind of questions, kind of things that we can kind of get to know each other a little bit better. Uh, we're going to start off with a first question for you. If you were going to get a rom-com made about you and you could you could have cast anyone to be your leading lady of choice in the rom-com. Oh, by the way, I have a little meme for brace yourself. We'll be doing an icebreaker. Okay. A little late on that, but there you go. Okay. So you have a chance to do a rom-com. You can have anybody that you want, but here's the catch. They have to be something a little bit unusual, like a little bit thinking out of the box with the casting you can't just go with like you know whoever would be like the first go to you know a, a Julia Roberts or a Sandra Bullock or um Amy Adams Amy Adams would be like a out of the gate like a lot of actors would be like okay give me a- Amy Adams but no you got to think a little bit out of the box for your leading lady in your rom-com okay, okay. by the way actually- this is this is mine just to show you <laughs> But not not just Meryl Streep, but this this particular version of Meryl Streep playing the character from Hillbilly Elegy. That, that's my choice to so give you an example of a, one that was okay. So okay,
0: you go. Okay, my nominees are um, Uma Thurman, who mm-hmm. maybe is too uh, maybe like too traditional, but also she doesn't really do rom coms, right? So uh, Uma Thurman, yeah, Avril Levine, mm. or Vanessa Carlton. Um oh yeah so I, yeah Vanessa Carlton you know she I feel like she has voiced many rom-coms mm-hmm. you know on accident but has she ever been in a rom-com I don't think so I would like to have both the opportunity to give her an opportunity to be in a rom-com and I would enjoy the opportunity to get to know her on set of said rom-com Final answer actually mm-hmm. Vanessa Carlton
1: Oh man I love it Yes Eat
0: your heart out, Michelle Branch. There you go.
1: You know, I was just listening, because I was listening to the, uh, I got a new car, and you have that, you get the satellite Sirius for three months.
0: Yeah, they turn awesome. it on Vanessa Carlton Radio. Awesome. Nothing but 1,000 miles over and over again.
1: It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I was listening to that earlier. So it's funny that you mentioned Vanessa Carlton. Okay. Number two. Okay. So there's a lot of shows filmed in New Orleans. New Orleans is, your, your home base is become a mecca For productions over the last decade uh, For movie TV productions When I was there uh, there was a movie filming I went to go see some of the art museums They were filming a movie there on the street Um, It was was a lot of fun To watch okay so three shows I'm going to give you three shows and you pick from these Three shows uh, shot in New Orleans If you could have a day on the set You pick a day you get a day on the set Of this show your choice To bring your mic and interview People you can make fun of people You can just you know, capture all kinds of content. Okay, okay. I'm ready. So here's the three shows. You get a choice. First of all, the HGTV show that they do in New Orleans, where they go look at ritzy New Orleans homes and buy New Orleans homes, right? Uh, or or don't buy. Um, the second one, Southern Charm reality show, filmed in New Orleans, which I think is just a bunch of really uh shitty people. <laughs> From New Orleans I, I don't know I've never Watched the show but I assume if it's reality TV it's probably Oftentimes it's either Shitty people or it's people that do a really good Job of playing shitty People yeah or reality TV they're not All shitty people there's actually some of them that are really nice I'm sure okay NCIS New Orleans probably The most popular TV show ever filmed in the history Of New Orleans I could be Mistaken <laughs> at least With people over the age of 75 Years old was, I have my answer. Okay, you know, uh, you you already know. Okay, the show. I I, you, yeah, I think I
0: knew it right away.
1: All right. Oh, okay. So, I'm if
0: ahead. that, if perhaps the cat is out of the bag, but for me, I'm going the HD TV show, not because. Oh. Not because yeah. I love that show, but because I'm fascinated with HGTV and the root of your question, my man. You said, you know, which which set do I want to go and hang out on? Which yeah. which like, crew of people do I want to get to know? Mm-hmm. I want to I want to break bread with the HGTV people mm. in a really bad way. I want to thank oh. them for. The hours and hours of hotel room entertainment they've given me. Um, I have questions about some of their production choices. Mm I am fascinated. It's HGTV 100 times out of 100.
1: Okay, there you go. You know, HGTV, you being a comedy writer, writer of the funny stuff, I hear you write the funny stuff. You come up with the funny things. You make the people laugh funny things okay so you sir in how many more ways could I use that funny things reference I don't know I believe in you I could probably go all day with it and (laughs) and then you would just be ready to get on a plane and strangle me come back to Austin strangle me and get back on the plane and fly back to New Orleans okay but it would be funny for some people if you did that okay so here it is HGTV so has anyone done the parody where they go and then they like they show uh, the remodel of the you know the flip or the remodel of someone's home the redoing of someone's home and then after the cameras turn off a crew comes in and starts demolition everything and the couple the couple's like what what's what's happening because they're, they're all happy like oh we gotta remodel we gotta remodel and then the, the cameras go off and then suddenly a crew comes in and starts tearing things down like what what's what's going on what are you guys t-? it's like oh we weren't really gonna give you all this shit this is just uh, uh for the show's purposes we're, we're taking the remodel back dude we're taking the H- renovation back
0: HGTV shows are like built to be parodied and I do weird versions of, but here's the thing. Here's my, like, here's my take on that. I think it's really difficult. It's really challenging to do an intelligent parody of something that is so already absurd. And I think that a lot of HGTV shows are already, so bizarrely truthful and absurd. It's like really a challenge to make fun of. them. I'm sure it's been done. The version that you just said, I think it's a funny one where they're just like, yeah, we were totally kidding. It sounds like that's like a prank show that I like an actually good idea for a prank show.
1: Well, and you know, I know of an instance in the talk show world where that actually happened because my wife's, uh, one of her best friends, hopefully they don't mind telling the story, but I'm not naming their names. They were on the Jerry Springer show many years ago the legend jerry springer and they were it was kind of staged because they they were supposed to be on there for a a person that was maybe seeing uh, the guy behind the girlfriend's back or they were kind of hanging out but they weren't sure if they were really more than just hanging out but uh they offered them all on the show like trips to an exotic caribbean island like the bahamas or (sighs) something say we're going to fly you all out to the Bahamas, and they were all ex- like, "Oh my god!" They were super excited. As, soon as the cameras turned off. They were like, "Oh, so when do we get our tickets?" And like, "Oh, we're not really doing that. That was just for the show." Oh my god! And then they get they said, like, "Get the fuck out!" They just like shoved them like. Cause they, cause it, it, well, when they got there, they had the rolled out the red carpet. They put him in a nice hotel. They got him a limo. They brought him to the studio. And then after but after the show was over, it's like, get the fuck out of our studio. They like pushed him out. And that like, sucks. Shoved him into a, a nasty cab. They went from the limo before the show to a nasty cab. They didn't even get to. They had their bags sitting out in front of the hotel room <laughs> when they got back to the hotel. <laughs> they, they were like, you're done. Wow. Go home. Dude reality TV and uh, Jerry
0: Springer the original the original reality TV um, yeah. it's ruthless man you brought up earlier my uh, my my American uh, America's got talent episode yeah um, that's like they did me wrong kind of too like it was yes. I mean I don't have any. I, I, I want to be very clear. By the way, I have no uh, issue with it. I can completely understand what I signed up for, but they yeah. definitely made it sound like, like they, they, they. Oh, there it is. Look at mm-hmm. you. They made it seem like I was a complete train wreck, um, and oh, that like heart. everyone hated me, mm-hmm. um, which I get it because I was I was pretending to have sex with someone on a network television show. And I, I understand that it was an, I understand that I was cast as the absurd person. Right. But the way they framed it was like, I got booed off stage when in reality, I had a moment where I thought, Oh my God, I'm about to, I'm about to like advance to the next round. And I thought this is not what it's supposed to be like. Cause I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show, but it's like, Oh yeah. if If you get like two out of three. Yeses then you're good. The first guy gave me a yes. Harry Mandel gave me a yes. Sharon Osborne gave me a no. And then the last one was Howard Stern. And my heart sank. I was like, oh my, I'm about to, I'm about to advance because Howard Stern yeah. is going to, is going to like what I just did. Oh yeah. And he, he made it seem like it was a yes. And at the very last second he, he changed it. I wish they would have oh. kept it. I wish they would have kept it as it actually was because I think I probably looked like I had a glimmer of hope, which that actually is sadder and, and funnier that the air sex guy thought he had a chance to advance to the next round of a serious talent show. But it was a great experience, by the way. That's um, that's not to say that I
1: disliked what happened. I thought it was great and I loved it. Now, Howie was a yes, right? Howie Mandel was a yes. Well, he's you know, if you saw his old comedy back, like especially in the 80s when he was doing the, the gloves and it kind of goes with his humor, I think. Yeah.
0: Well, I think the whole thing, the whole thing, and I don't think I'm like breaking the breaking the internet right now or anything, but the whole thing is a work, you know, it's like, if, I think that the only part of it that's serious are the people whose talents are serious. Like, I think when they introduce someone like me, I think the headsets are like, by the way, this dude is not as, he's not advancing. Like, we don't want like I think I think the weirdos and like the strange stuff or the things that are purposely bad. I think that there's like an unspoken yeah. or maybe even spoken like this person. We're not actually judging this person, so y'all have fun with it.
1: It's That's just the there. It's there for the judges to be able to ridicule or, or or spoof or make fun of.
0: Yeah, which I completely get. They're making a TV show. I think you have to have that. If the show was nothing but you know people really singing and people you know really dancing then it wouldn't it wouldn't be the same show so i got their back it was a great experience
1: i'd do it again in a heartbeat you were on that show for the air sex uh work that you do yeah and by the way in 2021 is it time for air sex again because in a way that sort of is the most fitting time for something like that because it's 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 sex that's safe because you distance, six, you can do six feet away. You can hell, you can do twenty feet away with air sex. I'm just saying.
0: Yeah, that. Um, so in 2020, I was on tour in New York mm-hmm. when COVID f- f- like first broke. Yeah, like when it when it when it went mainstream. <laughs> when yeah. COVID had their first hit single, when it crossed I was over, in yeah. I was in New York doing a show. And the New York shows are typically. A really big like great energy packed houses and this show was i mean it was still a good house but it was notably slimmer sure um riding the subway to the show it was it was noticeably like wait things are a little bit different now i updated my opening routine to like be like i'm washing my hands before i'm making love to my invisible partner and i thought oh. it was so clever but people in the crowd were like, "What's going on?" The whole energy that night was was a little off. Um, yeah. But that being said, I think it was it was absolutely because of the impending pandemic. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, you're absolutely right. Air sex is the most naturally um, socially distanced comedy show we are we already say it's the most sex positive comedy show on the planet it's also the most organically socially distant show because you are um endless amount of feet away from your sexual partner because they don't exist they're invisible so we're excited to hit the ground running uh this year and hopefully we'll be announcing some new tour dates soon
1: good good i'm, I'm glad to hear that um yeah so tell as far as where did it start You're the, are you the, you're the founder of air sex, right? Yeah. So it
0: started, it started in your backyard. It started in, uh, at, in the, um, Mm -hmm. at the Alamo draft house in Austin, Texas. The original idea was, it was a, like a one-off parody of air guitar and it happened on Valentine's day, like 2007. And then I took it on tour in 2009 Mm -hmm. and it slowly became like my my life it became like a like I, I i changed the way we did the show it became more like a like semi pro wrestling vibes mm-hmm. it became more of a hybrid comedy show and weird weird like sex themed party event and um and i just relentlessly toured i did i did shows like some of the shows were like oh it's this sold out like legendary venue in san francisco but then like the next day it was like a tiny dive bar on a monday in sacramento and no one came so like the show lived a bunch of different lives but my thing was like i want to i want to i want to figure this show out so i just did the shit out of it for years 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 um and it's still a really big part of my life even though at this point i haven't done it in in over a year um yeah but yeah, it's it's fun. I guess I guess for those who who don't know, who are watching or listening, it's it's a sex positive comedy show where people get on stage and make love to an invisible person. Mm-hmm. It's set to music. You usually sign up with a stage name. You pick whatever song choice you want. It's really silly. So it's like air guitar, but for fucking. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and they had to, they were doing air guitar before it before this was like there was a precursor. They were having an air guitar event at the Alamo before then air sex, came, then your air sex came along.
0: Correct. Air guitar, you know, with all due respect is like air guitar nationally is a much bigger show than air sex because it's franchised and yeah. air, there are air guitar shows at venues all over the country. Yeah. Um, I, air sex is a little bit different. I haven't franchised the show out and, and cause if there's an air sex show happening, I'm there hosting it, mm-hmm. but um, not that we're opposed to crossing that bridge one day, but air guitar is a lot tamer than air Sex, as you can imagine and it just happens that actually happens all over the world like there's like a big uh international air guitar championship so good for them
1: that's great that's great now you started it so it started the alamo 2007 with the first event then you turned it into a tour 2009 when does the uh, america's got talent how far into that does, does that fall
0: I think that was two thousand eleven, twelve. Mm-hmm. It was like right in the right By in the way, early yeah. days, right in the middle, mm-hmm. and that was that was a, So this is another little America's Got Talent spoiler, but mm-hmm. they they try and cast some people who they know will will do something different or strange or weird. So I I don't mean that as a brag. I just mean it as like. I didn't I don't know I didn't do the process of like sitting in the big long line outside right. the convention center. It was like, hey, do you have a can you come and do oh, that wow. thing? And I was not expecting to be on the show. I, I I did go to the audition. Wow. And I did I did like genuinely audition for it. And then when they called me and they were like, We want you to go to the actual taping. <laughs> um and they told me to pick which city I wanted. I remember the choices were like New York, Los Angeles, Chicago or Tampa and I was like take me to Tampa. I want to I want to do air sex in Tampa. It was the least interesting city of the bunch, the smallest city of the bunch and I just thought this will give me the best chance to make a splash. So, I took my talents to Tampa.
1: Just like Tom Brady. Just like Tom Brady. Just like that prick Tom Brady. Just like yeah, just like Tampa Tom, <laughs> Bay. <laughs> oh god yeah so there, there there it went and then you're off and running on america's got talent uh interesting and howard stern of all people the one that said no and i guess he maybe fucked a, me. a producer told him to do that i don't know He's... the pri- private parts howard stern damn it yeah all people. Um, yeah i'm grateful that i at least
0: got to say that i was fucked by howard stern <laughs> now
1: know? sharon sharon osborne said no right
0: she said, hell no. She hated me or she, at least she show hated me. You know, she, uh, which I get it.
1: I was joking. This with Sharon Osborne, but I'm, I'm, gonna leave. I'm not, I'm not going to go for the low hanging fruit. Yeah. Okay. I'll stay, I'll stay off the low hanging fruit. Well, I mean, anyway, people can, can conjure up a Sharon Osborne joke if they want. Uh, I was in the Red Bull Flute talk. Also, I think around 2007 as in my persona at the time, I had a, I have an alter ego. And my alter ego was in the, in the uh, Red Bull Flu talk. And we came in the middle of the pact, although I thought we had a much better showing than when the judges all gave us pretty good scores. But the one that tanked us was a Tim, Tim League, uh, an Al- Draft Drafthouse for the judges. There was, yeah. Olympic, there was an Olympic swimmer, rapper Paul Wall, um, a, a local UT athlete, football player. i trying to remember who it was Ricky Williams. And, Probably let's just say Ricky Williams. Yeah, go Ricky, go. And and Tim League and Tim and everybody gave us like high scores, you know, eight and up. Tim Lee giving us like a two or a one, which oh, brought our, brought us down to the middle of the pact. It was enough to, to tank us. So I know how you feel. Yeah. So yeah. So anyway, um speaking of pricks, talking about people that were probably bullies when they were kids, uh, in reference to uh we were talking about uh tampa bay earlier i got a pitch for you i thought of this earlier as i was goofing around as i do before the show 80s bullies you know cobra kai big hit right now on well i've been a big hit and a big hit over on netflix uh and a comeback story for william zapka who was one of the ultimate 80s bullies at the time i have an idea you know the expendables that was kind of the stallone
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. assembled
1: all the action heroes of the past, present, and future, and made an all-star like a dream team. So a basketball reference, a dream team of action heroes, the Expendables. What if you got to capitalize and ride on the coattails of shows like Cobra Kai, did an '80s bully all-star ensemble, kind of the Expendables of '80s bullies. And get them together in one movie. Find a scenario that would put these these uh, beyond past middle aged men together in a movie together, and make that movie that straight to Netflix. There for you. There's the pitch. What do you think? Would you would you buy that?
0: So am I am I a Netflix executive You're right the now?
1: Executive, I just pitched it to you. We're oh yeah, this, we're gonna do the show movie.
0: I got news for you. Not only am I buying this, I'm ordering a limited series. Okay, oh. I want a limited series. I'm Best. doing. Five one hour episodes of this, oh. and believe, and there's a cliffhanger at the end of episode five. There's a cliffhanger, and uh, and I got good news you've already been renewed for season two, season oh. two. So, yes, yeah,
1: oh man, that's a
0: home run, that's a home run idea,
1: oh, man. I, I knew that I kept, oh, okay, well, let's get started on pre production.
0: You got uh, it, buddy. It's gonna be a lot of work, but it's a good idea,
1: yeah, okay. We'll talk about speaking of things that. Went into production. Documentaries made on the air sex, uh, you, the, m- documentary film. People can find this online still.
0: You cannot find it online anymore. Oh, it's a very sure. um, uh, well. There's two movies. There's there's a scripted one, and there's mm-hmm. a documentary. Okay. Um, the documentary has kind of fell through the cracks of the internet, and uh, some people have copies of it. Some people do not. But yeah. um, if you know, you know. If you know, wow. you know. But there's also there's more in the works. I should say there's more. Oh air sex movie stuff content in the works. Tough. Okay. Or maybe movie slash show, but there is air sex production stuff that is um that's in the works.
1: Is air sex ripe and ready for, for TikTok for the TikTok
0: dude. I think, yes, I think it yeah. is. What's weird is that people like, like it's almost like, People already know what air sex is, not my show, but like the concept of air sex, but they don't know that there is like a, like a trademarked organized show about Mm -hmm. this thing. Um, so it's weird. It's like, it's like, it both feels like air sex is like a secret, like a secret sporting society and that it's like a mainstream thing that people already do like anytime a famous person like a famous singer does something air sex like on st- on, a, on at a concert our mentions blow up people are just like oh rihanna's having air sex and it's like they don't know that they're they don't know that there's a show called air sex mm-hmm. they're just saying that looks like an air sex thing yeah um so it's weird it's like it's like we have it's like we are set up to be like this big giant thing, mm-hmm. but yet it's also like this secret underground thing, which is almost kind of cool where people, if people yeah. were, were to be like, is this a thing? And they look it up and it's like, yeah, this, this is a thing and it's coming to a city near me this summer or whatever.
1: That's cool. Yeah. it sort of got s- still a little underground in some ways, but then it's well known in other ways. It's kind of the best of both worlds.
0: Yeah. I like to think so, but, um, but, you know, who the hell knows? You know, I, to, I like to think of it as a, as, as a sporting event slash slash art slash mm-hmm. comedy show. You know, it's mm-hmm. like we've joked before that it's a spart. You know, it's a sport and an art. Mm-hmm. And there's not very many sparts out there, you know. But, um, oh. but this is a big one. This is probably the biggest, most important spart of all time.
1: Another s- spart. Yeah, spart. Another spart. And this is how this is how I knew you. I knew you from the comedy scene in Austin. In Austin, of course, you made a name for yourself here in Austin before you went over to New Orleans and did the same. You'd emceed some events in Austin, and one of the, I know one of the events you emceed that I was actually at this at this time. I was there as a spectator, but I had been involved as a uh, performer in these events also. And this is a the veggie hot dog eating competition in Austin, which was a phenomenon for a while. And it was organized. Of course, everybody from Austin has been in Austin for a long time. I like Mike Litt. Does that ring a bell?
0: Oh, yes. I remember Mike and that event big time. Mike is like a big politician. Yeah, he's like a politician now, right? He's a
1: big time politician now. He actually uh, is the U.S. Perg. He's the director of campaign to defend the Consumer Bureau. U.S. Perg, I think is his title. Not not perv. Not U.S. perv, but U.S. perg. Yeah, Mike Litt. I still talk to him sometimes on Facebook. And he used to, in Austin, he's a big, like you say, he's a big-time politician now. He worked on the uh, Elizabeth Warren campaign. He worked on the Biden campaign. Before that, I think he was part of the Obama campaign. Um, So Mike Litt used to do veggie hot dog. He organized for years in Austin the veggie hot dog eating competition under his promoting his company that was promoter for it. I like Mike Litt. And that's his actual name, Mike Lit. Now, yeah. so Mike Lit, this I think several months ago, became a, a trending story itself because on Saturday Night Live, they did a Mike Lit bit on the show. I don't know about this. Yeah, they did a Mike Lit. Uh, it was a thing where uh, this was right before November elections. Um, they didn't ask action news nine the whole story was it was people with unusual names that kept coming up to the reporter after voting i believe and being interviewed by the reporter and they would come out and the guy would interview them and so mike lit one of the unusual named people that comes out of the voting and and then so of course mike lit his phone blows up for the next 24 hours and i of course messaged him and say i was i messaged him while i was watching the show i said are you watching snl right now <laughs> and it's funny because the guy that is playing him also could looks like he could be a political suit sort of how he looks now yeah um, yeah so anyway yeah so he said yeah my phone is going crazy right now Um wow. and i had he wasn't even watching it he said i have to find it online because i didn't see it and he, so, anyway, yeah. Well, anyway, that's the story. I don't know if you knew about the Mike Lit, but yeah, you were you were emceeing one of his events, was where I saw you, and then I had been uh, I had participated in one of his events as my alter ego. And here's Captain Badass. The hell yeah! And I participated as a uh, I was supposed to be. I'm talking about plants, kind of people that are planted to be a to be a mulligan in a competition. I was that had the experience. I was put into the competition to get caught. Cheating on purpose, like I I purposely was told to cheat and then get caught and get thrown out. Uh huh. So that was the whole bit. And uh, many years ago, the the, uh,
0: dude, I 100% remember the veggie hot dog eating contest. That was so I've hosted a lot of weird stuff, like that has been like a niche for me. As I've um, and I which I'm very grateful for, by the way, I I cut my teeth on like saying yes to to opportunities like that yeah. some of them were really stupid some of them were really great and i loved every single one of them um but that was a very that was a notable one and i remember when i got when i got asked to book the comedy stage at fun 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 fest mm-hmm. which was yeah, long live yeah. fun 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 fest which was like a really yeah like everyone's is. fantasy outdoor music arts comedy festival that was in Austin. I got asked to be one of the bookers on the comedy stage. And I filled that stage up with bizarre format shows. One of them being the the veggie hot dog eating contest. So we, we took it from, I mean, that was not my show. That was all Mike and his crew, but I did, I did get to MC it, but I was like, I think he always did it on the 4th of July weekend which is a smart thing for him to do. And I, um, I was like, do you want to move this to Fun, Fun, Fun Fest? And he said yes. And so then it became a Fun, Fun, Fun Fest tradition. And it kind of blew up in a weird way because there are so many comedy weirdo, weirdo comedy fans underneath that yellow stage tent. Mm-hmm. And the veggie hot dogs were flying all over the place. It was one of the most disgusting and cherished memories um, of my entire life.
1: It was a fun idea. Uh, funny thing. I noticed. There, you know, and by the way, I'm really hoping Mike Litt's career goes like literally to the white house. Cause I really would love a vice president, Mike Litt or president Mike Litt. I'm yeah. Really, then the veggie, veggie
0: hot dog eating contest really can become a 4th of July event.
1: You, like bring nationally, it the, bring it to the white house lawn. That's yeah,
0: funny. dude. So you don't know what you just did, but you actually like had a an accidental great segue. I don't want to like jump to this right now, no. but what you, what you don't know, so you mentioned my book earlier, and yes. you, you said I want to ask you about your book. Yes. I actually tell a story about the Veggie Hot Dog Eating Contest in my new book. Yes, that's it right there. I also have it right here in my hands, too. Oh, great. You really um, came prepared with it. Pearl. Um, Bam. You can see double it book. there you go. Double book, double book. So I tell a story in this book about, um, you know, well, context is the book is for people who it's like part memoir, part how to, and the idea is like you live somewhere where you wish there was more comedy shows. And it's like, I also wish there were more comedy shows wherever you live. Um, yeah. so here's, here's like a blueprint for, how to do it um and with stories about what happened along my way like successes and failures and things i learned and all that but i tell a story about saying like if you're trying to come up in a comedy scene uh that you should get in the habit of of like saying yes to opportunities even if it feels like you don't know what the like like Like, someone asked you to host this gala, and you're like, that's not me. I don't have a suit. It's like, you should get a suit and figure it out. Or someone's like, host this fashion show. And if you're like, that sounds boring, it's like, no, you should say yes and then figure it out. And that's what happened to me in Austin. Like, I don't think that I was a lot of people's number one choice to host events for a while. It just, it just like... When it came across, when it came to me, I was just like, yeah, let's do it. And then I got good at it. And then I started seeking them out. And I tell the story about how uh, you never know what will happen. You never know who you'll meet, how you'll connect. And I told the story about how Mike asked me to do it. And then and then I met people through hosting that that, that were beneficial to, uh, to my career in a future time. And then I hope that I helped Mike out. By booking his show at Fun 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 Fast. And here we are. You know me from that event, and I'm on your show <laughs> talking about this damn book. So that's some full circle shit right there, my friend. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Of course, that might be one of the downsides <laughs> that you ended up on the show, but hey, we won't <laughs> no need to to dwell on that. But anyway, no, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that book is called How to Build a Comedy Scene from Scratch. Yes. And it's available in major platforms. I know it's on Amazon, other places.
0: Yeah, so I I, tr- I tried a new thing with this book. I I definitely did not want to print, you know, thousands of copies and then lug books around with me everywhere I went. So I did a limited order for print. Yeah. And uh, so if you bought if you bought one, then you're getting it very soon. I just got the box of books the other day. But it lives forever in ebook and, au- and audio format. Yeah. So if you look at it, look it up on Amazon, you will get the audiobook, which I narrate. It's my first book I narrated. Um, harder than I thought, by the way, to narrate a book. Really? Yeah. yeah. It was um I get I shout out to voiceover people. I get why that is its own separate skill and talent. Yeah. Um but yeah the ebook and the audio book are available right now. And if you live somewhere where there's not enough comedy shows and you want to you want to change that, the book is good for you. or if you just enjoy reading about like indie DIY comedians and comedy scenes, you will also enjoy it. So, yeah, part memoir, part how to available now, and I appreciate getting to plug it.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And okay, here's a pro tip. if you're uh, tight budget if you're tight for money, budget wise. You can sign up for speaking of the audiobook. You can sign up for a thirty-day, I think, thirty-day free trial for the Audible uh, function on on um, on Amazon uh, or Kindle, and uh, you can get, then you got thirty days to listen. To it. And of course, I hate to t- give people, I'm giving people ways to gain the system. It's probably no, think, money out of your money out of your pocket.
0: Well, I'll be honest with you, my friend. I don't like like a, a nice moment of transparency for you and all your listeners people like me don't write books like this because of the money that you're gonna get from writing the like from selling copies of it like I enjoyed the process of writing it it felt like it was something in me that I wanted to do I wrote it during like the third month of quarantine I was like I'm gonna knock this thing out it was on my mind for a while mm-hmm. I you know if you were to tell me that like a hundred people will buy it and that's it or a thousand people will read it for free I would be like great give me the thousand people who read it. Like that's, I, you know, it's not really a money play to be. Yeah. But I also, you know, it also, I understand that it's a good look too. Like I've done, I've done some consulting work with smaller comedy scenes or like Mm -hmm. people from a, a, you know, a a small comedy town or a zero, zero comedy town who knows, who know me. Some of them have read the book and been like, can you help me build a comedy scene? And so we have like Mm -hmm. weekly meetings and stuff like that. So, So there's other, by point, there's other ways to, you know, quote unquote, make money off of, off of the book. So by all means, let's gain the system. Get the free Audible books. Absolutely. Just leave a a, nice review.
1: It's a walking advertisement. It's a, like you said, it's a billboard. Uh, People, there's people that are going to take your class. They're going to find that book somewhere. They're going to be compelled because the title is interesting and intriguing. They're going to download the book and they're going to say, oh, then they're going to find, look, look you up. And there's like, oh, he teaches a class. Yeah, Check that out. So next thing you know, they're take they're in your they're in your online class. And let's talk about talk about segways, and not the segways you ride. Although we both are in cities where segways are quite popular in New Orleans and Austin. But the segway <laughs> I'm talking about, Chris True, is the segway into your classes that people can take right now online. Uh, it's a membership subscription service, but they can they can go improv, to their heart des- heart desires.
0: Yeah. So. This is something I've been doing. Well, I've been teaching improv classes for mm-hmm. almost 15 years now in different yeah. forms, you know, whether it's at a comedy theater or at a business retreat or at a film festival or whatever. But the past year-ish, I have moved to doing it all, not all, but doing a lot of it online virtually. And for for a while I was I, I was hesitant. I was like, the magic of improv like will not translate on a Zoom call. But I'm happy to report that i I got I was wrong. I got it wrong. And as soon as I discovered how to do it, I dove all the way in, and now I have specific exercises and techniques that I think um, are really paired nicely with doing a virtual class. And with that, now it's like now my students can be anywhere. Like one of my students is in is in New Zealand. I, wow. I, I spoke at a uh, at um th- th- so there's this thing called Step which is like the Middle East uh South by Southwest it's no. um and I got to do a workshop at Step last week and someone yeah, from yeah. someone from that event is now a, a student of mine so so yeah so I so it's it's great I'm I'm super happy I um I'm very grateful that the the technology exists and that people want to learn this stuff. And I feel really good that I, that I cracked the code. I think.
1: That's great. You know, the only thing we found because we were forced to, there, there was one of the, uh, the uh, catchy words of the pandemic is pivot. We yeah. Pivot, we pivoted to this. We pivoted to that. Um, so you made that pivot to the online. You were skeptical, obviously, understandably, I can understand for acting classes and Stand up. Does that work? But you you took the pivot, which some of these some of these buzz phrases just got really old really quick. Like the new normal. I yeah, I, I wanted to burn that to the ground. The new normal. <laughs> uh, the new normal can kiss my ass.
0: Yeah. Oh hell yeah.
1: I mean, just long drawn out ass kissing. But yeah. I'll tell you, the the pivot. I kind of like the pivot. I use the pivot some. The pivot. The P. The P? But you would have never done this had it been for the pandemic. A Zoom right. improv class uh, classes in Zoom.
0: Well, you know what they say? It's like that saying, it's like um you know when something when bad shit happens, a um a, a bad business it, it'll kill a bad business. It'll like a good business will survive, yeah. Yeah. but like a great business will thrive when like something bad happens. And mm-hmm. I think um I think that I've worked really hard to try and be in that thrive category for that. And, you know, not saying everything is perfect or that it's like, I've mastered it all, you know, but like, I feel like, you know, our um, intentions were pure. We had good ideas and we work our asses off. And so when all this stuff happened, it was like, great. What does this change for us? How do we, how do we adapt to this? And a year later I'm like, fucking stoked that we um that that i've got these zoom classes and there's people who sign up every month that are like i'm excited to do to to learn improv with you and it's like great we got lynn from massachusetts we got safwan from saudi arabia and we got joe from new zealand and we're all in class together making jokes learning stuff it's really really beautiful and sweet i love it
1: that's cool And you figured out, you figured out a way to make it work, and they've been fun, and now it's thriving. So so that's that's great. I want to take one. I haven't taken an improv class in a number of years, and uh, I'll tell you a little little secret. I've been wanting to go. I I did improv for a while. I was in. I did you know stage acting, uh, acted in commercials, film. Uh, Then I started my DJ business, and I took a break from acting, Uh, and then I started. You know, I started missing it. And I started doing these little Skype things on TMZ. And from that I said, like, I'm gonna start a podcast. Started the podcast. So now I'm like all back in. I'm I'm shutting down the DJ business. I want to go back into show business, like real show business. And I may be crazy. I may be a madman, <laughs> middle aged man wanting to go back into show business. I love it. But uh, you know, I've always wanted to go tip my tip my toes back and try stand up again. I dipped my toes in years ago and then I was like, maybe stand no, maybe not stand up. So I just did acting and I did a little bit of improv, some stage, but I, that whole little like gremlin has been in my ear for years to do stand up again, maybe if nothing else, just to go do it and do a good job at it. So, and I'm like, no, I've been doing the podcast for almost six years. And if I took all the funny shit from six years of podcasting, I'd probably have a good five or ten minutes, maybe.
0: Dude, I think it's great. I love it. You, you'll you never know unless you try. So that's, if, if you're like, I don't know, if, if you're thinking that you want to know, then throw yourself in it, man. And by the way, speaking of improv classes and you wanted to try, I'll offer this to you and any of your listeners. If anyone messages me, on Instagram mm-hmm. and my handle is at Chris true. Um, mm-hmm. I think you can see it in the screen or maybe you can, or we'll put it on there or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you message me, I will say, I will, I will gift you a free class. Like, cause I run them like a gym. So it's like, I okay. do the class, you know, Tuesday nights, Thursday afternoons mm-hmm. and some Saturday afternoons. I will, I, I'll be like, yeah, come, come and sit in on a class. And if you love it, if you're like, yeah, I want to do this all the time, then you can formally sign up and uh um, okay, register. But I'm I'm down to you know I just believe the world would be a better place if everyone tried it at least one oh, time. Yeah. If you love yeah. it, then then let's make it official. Or yeah, so reach out to me. I'd, I'd be more than happy to, especially you, man. It'd be cool to have you in the class.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it'd be, I've always uh, liked your work, the stuff I've seen you on uh, do online, and and uh, thought it'd be it'd be fun to train with you. I appreciate
0: that. Yeah. So I think of it like, if I can plug one more or not plug, but like explain one more piece of it. So I'm on this mission to like, I think improv needs a rebrand. Cause I think too often people, if you, if you, they hear, Oh, an improv class or an improv show, they think about um, like the matching t-shirts and like the goofy games. And maybe like they think about whose lines it anyway. And, and there's nothing wrong with those things, but what I'm teaching people or what I'm, what I'm exploring in these classes is more of a like, like creativity training or like communication training. And how do we use these improv exercises to be better, more empathetic uh, humans who are great listeners who can find the truth in comedy really easily and efficiently and who are kind of like, bulletproof creatively so it's it's less it's less like here's the rules of this improv game and it's going to be funny when you break the rules and we're just trying to be funny it's less that and more of like here's an exercise that's going to teach you how to be in the moment and when you learn how to be in the moment you can be funnier a better listener a better communicator you know insert all the things here so that's my mission with this stuff. And the company is called Hell Yes Creative by the way. So you go to hellyescreative.com to get more information on any of these things.
1: Hellyescreative.com is where you can find it. Check it out. Uh get, getting back to stand up. I have a friend uh, acquaintance, I don't know if we really never hung out, but we know each other we know each other really well. Uh a friend is a stand-up comic uh, comedian uh out in LA, used to be in Austin. And she, you know, as the, the past year has been rough for a lot of people uh, it's been rough for stand up comedy for obvious reasons. Uh, it started to come back a little bit uh, in some, some pockets here and there. Seinfeld just did his first show in, in a year uh, just a few weeks ago. So she's been doing a lot as a lot of comedians have been doing these Instagram little shows where they'll put a comedian on for five minutes. They do a set from their apartment or their house on their couch. And it's very different. There's not an audience they're doing a a routine. Then they put another comedian on for five minutes and they've had these little shows and then you can donate money or you can uh, put uh, money in, in the, uh, in their Venmo or whatever. And it's a way for them to, to make some, be able to continue to work in some capacity, make a little money, uh, keep their name out there over the last year. But she said that she won't do the lives with anybody unless they are removed afterwards. Like she doesn't think it's good content to just leave floating out there. She thinks it's great when it's aired in real time and it's shown in real time. It's fine. But to leave that just as a, as a forever. So her thing is she did one and it was left up and she said, I don't want to do any more where they're just left up. Cause I don't think it's great content for the infinite. What do you think about that?
0: I think that makes a lot of sense. I completely understand that it's, That's, that's the scary, not scary, but that's the, um, that's the, that's the twist to, to filming a standup show and putting it up there. Like a lot of people, a lot of like really big comics, if they're coming to your town to play a club, they will tell the club sometimes, don't you don't promote the show by using clips of me telling the jokes from my last show. Because then like these dummies who, who I love, by the way, I'm grateful for the dummies that come out and support live comedy. I don't, I, I say that lovingly, but some of these dummies will come to a show and be like, be like, I already heard these jokes. Yeah. It's like, you don't do that for a band. You don't do that. You know, you don't want the band to play exclusively all new stuff, but that's, I think that's one of the, that's one of the, um, That's one of the tricks to it. And so I I completely understand. That's a little bit of a tangent. But I completely understand your friend not wanting a formatted show from her living room to live on forever as a representation of her comedy. Like, Mm -hmm. Because wouldn't it? It would absolutely suck if if she lost out on an opportunity because someone saw that and made a judgment based off of her doing a quarantine show in her living room. That would suck, and that, that it would be unfair. So I can yeah. I think it was probably really smart of her to to do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. We can't we can't be here for an hour and not hit wrestling. I know you are, you being a huge wrestling fan, you were actually in the wrestling scene yourself pre COVID. Uh, will that continue after COVID? Are you 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 wrestled yourself?
0: I have. So I was. Um you know, I got involved in wrestling in Austin in 2010, mm-hmm. and I set a goal for myself. I wanted to be professional wrestling's future manager of the decade, and so I um, I worked with a couple of companies in Texas, most notably Inspire Pro. Hey, there he is. Mm-hmm. Most notably, Inspire Pro and Anarchy Championship Wrestling, just some NWA stuff in Houston, and I. I feel I feel like I, I crossed I crossed that um, you know I, I crossed that threshold. I think I became pro wrestling's manager of the decade, 2010 to 2019. Wow. Yeah, thank you, and um, thank you, thank you, everybody. I'm not opposed to getting back in the ring. You know, in wrestling. You never say never, um, but I will say that um i have been working hard to narrow my focus lately and which is i think part of the reason why the improv classes have been have been successful and been a big part of my life because i have tried to stop doing everything and i'm and i'm focusing more so the wrestling i absolutely adore wrestling as an art form i love that community i think it's so fucking cool um i just I just love the energy of wrestling. I think about it all the time, but um, I'm also very happy with how it ended for me. You know, I think I, I did my thing and I feel good about it, but um, yeah, big wrestling fan. Highly recommend watching WrestleMania this weekend to anybody who, you know, if you used to watch wrestling when you were a kid, mm-hmm. turn it back on, man, at least for this weekend, like the pageantry, the fucking pomp and circumstance. It's so much fun, dude. I'm, I, I think everyone should, should give it a shot.
1: My favorite wrestler of all, and you're in so many things, by the way, you, yeah, you were with the Pelicans and the NBA as a hype band for the NBA with so many things we could talk about. It's really a second show, uh, to get, to get you back on would be great. Cause there's so many the things I'm we'll, in. Oh, love it. Great. Yeah. Cause you we'll get into your NBA stuff late n- another time, but you, you did, you worked with the Pelicans in new Orleans. You were part of a campaign to keep the Hornets at one point, but then you jumped in with the Pelicans when they came to, to new Orleans. Um, which I like to actually like the the nickname, or the name, the, oh, of the Pelicans.
0: I, we, we had to be careful to not, I can go for an hour on this. I actually think it's like one of the top five all time best sports names out of all leagues.
1: I don't disagree with that. I think it was a pretty good branding. It was a good, yeah. it was a good pivot.
0: Yeah. <laughs> the, kind of buzzword.
1: After that. Well, anyway, and then, yeah, you, then you were doing the wrestling, the improv, so many things you're the teaching and everything. So many things you've been involved in. But my favorite wrestler, speaking of wrestling, my favorite wrestler of all time is Macho Man Randy Savage. And by the way, this was probably a fun weekend for all parties involved. This picture uh, as Macho (laughs) Man. My my brother told me a great story about Macho Man. I'll tell you a story real quick. Then we're going to get into uh, agree or disagree. So my brother had told me a story of a guy he knew reliable source that, Hey dude, let me tell you a story. Macho man. When he used to come to Austin for his wrestling matches, when he was, was WWF, this would be probably late eighties, early nineties. He would come into town. He would fly in. He would get his limo. His driver would say, uh, he would tell his driver right away. And I mean, macho kind of did a little, a little stuff action going on. I think he liked to party. So allegedly, but macho man was always loved. Everybody came into contact with him. Apparently super nice guy. Okay. Even the coked up version, (laughs) but he, he would come into town. He would tell his limo driver, take me. And he was always in character. He was always on apparently where others would be in character when they were performing and then they would turn it off. He was always macho man. So he would pull, he'd pull in to uh, the airport driver would say, where do you want to go? Take me to ta- Taco Bell. <laughs> he wanted to go to Taco Bell. First, he wanted to go see his dealer. Then he would go <laughs> to Taco. Take me to Taco Bell. I want to get those yeah. burritos. And he would get like the giant, whatever it is, the Grande burrito uh-huh. every time. And I'm just thinking the miss the misstep of Taco Bell in <laughs> the in pos- the potential for branding, the macho nacho, the macho man uh-huh. nacho. Uh, he, was, he was such a pitch man because the, the, the step into the, the Slim Jim commercials he did, he filmed those, I think, in the early 90s, and oh, those dude. aired
0: forever. He's like an all-time great pitch man, I think.
1: Such a misfire sure. at Taco Bell to not snatch him up for a macho nacho. Well, it maybe they so can
0: do a holographic Randy Savage and retroactively have him. That would actually be better.
1: A macho nacho A Taco Bell.
0: Oh yeah!
1: But every damn time he came to Austin, it was take me to Taco Be- Taco Bell. This was before the days of Torchy's Tacos, Taco uh, Taco Deli, uh-huh. uh, the great you know street taco places that that came along in the two thousands. But yeah, Taco Bell, the burrito. I love it. Okay, Chris, true. In this one hundred forty fourth episode of this podcast, and we thank you so much for coming on. Great guest. We got agree or disagree for you coming at you. Here he goes. A little greatest disagree music. Number one, Beavis and ButtHead. Do you like the Mike Judge stuff? The King of the the King of the Hill. I almost said King of Queens. The King of Hill. The Beavis and ButtHead. Are you a fan? Agreed. So, I'm going to talk to you about this. He's coming back to do more Beavis and ButtHead. It's going to be on streaming. There's talk that it might be the the adult Beavis and ButtHead this time where they have kids and they have wives old ladies at the house so beavis and but i said old ladies because that's what i would assume i would assume beavis and butthead would use that kind of dial language calling them old ladies but beavis and butthead and uh king of hill will probably have a uh, king of hill will probably happen uh, uh reboot of that too not too long after so he's going back and he's playing all his hits redoing his hits going on the on the uh greatest hits tour do you agree or disagree though that after he finishes up with the animated reboots and they'll probably do a couple of years of each because that's usually a rebooted series. It gets a two or three year run, not as long as the original series run. It won't be like six, seven or eight years. So after that's wrapped up, do you agree or disagree that they should do live action versions, movies of both Beavis and Butthead and King of Hill? Do you agree or disagree with this? Um,
0: I want to agree because I like taking, I like risk-taking. I like, um, I like, I like updates on classics, but I think ultimately if I had to pick something, I'm going to go disagree that they, uh, at the the statement that they should do that because they don't have to, and it just might make people mad. (laughs) But, but do I want to see it? Yeah, I would, I would, I would pay to see only that if Netflix was like, you want the Beavis and Budhead live action package? It's another twenty bucks, I would say. I got twenty. I got it.
1: I'm there for it. I mean to get the voices right, that's key. I get those voices because they're so important. That would be yeah. a big key for me. Talk about Macho Man, number two on the agree or disagree. Macho Man, documentary running right now on uh that's been really popular. It's part of a doc series, wrestling doc series, and the macho man segments were some of the most watched. He's still very popular. They did the movie The Wrestler. And that was a you know a, a Academy Award. Um, huge won huge accolades and awards for the wrestler. The movie it was a very serious portrayal of wrestling and the dark side of wrestling. But would you agree or disagree that maybe doing an actual macho man movie, a biopic? Not a documentary, but a biopic movie, kind of like his own version of what they did with Freddie Mercury, where it's actually Macho Man, the character, the guy doing a movie about him. Agree or disagree?
0: Hard agree. That would be great.
1: Would, I'm all I'm, in. I'm, I'm there for it. I'm there for it.
0: Yeah, I might have to cancel the um, that limited series I promised you earlier, because now that I had this across my desk, you know, I'm going to green light this one first.
1: Yeah, no I, I might take priority over that. Um, now, before we get into thoughts and advice, I want to hit your podcast. You're working on a podcast. Speaking of uh, many hats that you've worn over the years, now you're going to be doing a podcast. Uh, tell us about it, the name, what it's going to be about.
0: Yeah, so it's called Hell Yes with Chris True. It is a comedy show about creativity. So I am wrapping up a season of it before I start putting them out there because I that's how – I've done a lot of podcasts in the past with uh, yeah. some short-lived, some long, and I, I think what I want to do this time is a season. So I'm going to be like, so then I can make a decision later on, like, am I doing a second season or is this show live how it is? So um, it's a comedy show about creativity. I am hanging out with, uh, with a, a variety of creative types and we're just talking about how they broke into their creative field. Um, I teach everyone a little bit of improv on the show and it's just an open-ended inspiring conversation about creativity. that's also funny. Um, the trailer is up right now so you actually can go okay. and subscribe right now, okay. but there the episodes are going to start uh, being uploaded and released next week. but okay. it's called cool. Hell Great Yes thing. with Chris True, a comedy show about creativity.
1: Oh, it's great. Well, uh, I'll, I'll post on our, our, stories on the Instagram, uh, next week when, you know, I'll put a link for people that want to go check it out. Awesome. And so this is a recommendation for, uh, for people to go check out this new podcast, a couple real quick, speaking of podcast, I had a couple of pitches for you. If you want to do a second podcast, maybe these are some that we could collaborate on. Uh, one of which, uh, here's some crazy ideas, podcasts. One is, uh, two guy two travelers could be, P- P- uh, ladies guys whomever okay.
0: so far sounds good
1: two travelers go from one war-torn country to another okay looking for great ice cream oh so, okay So it's, it's ice cream hunters in war-torn countries this could actually be a, a less a live like a video it could be a show but it would be could be done as a youtube or a podcast so they specifically are looking for ice cream they're looking for great ice. They they travel only war torn countries. Yeah. But the purpose of their travels is to find great ice cream in these countries. So they're looking for the greatest ice cream parlors across various war torn countries.
0: Yeah, I um, I like it. I I want to I, I want to greenlight this one, but I I don't want to just greenlight it. I want to sink some serious cash into this one because I think it'd the be more, great. Idea. Yeah. the more war torn, the better the ice cream probably is
1: we're going to get the Kickstarter going and uh, I'll, I'll get with you on how much you want to Venmo over for investment on the series. Yeah, I'll Venmo your
0: Kickstarter for you.
1: You can executive produce this. If you want to be a co-executive producer. Okay. Another one, another weird idea for a uh, crazy idea for a podcast is called origin stories. And this one I actually like seriously, but the idea I'm sure someone else has done something like this, but the idea is to go find uh, these oddball subjects and try to go and research and find the origin of the the invention of it. So one of them would be like the, the the website, the people of Walmart. You would go find the origin, like who started it, and why they started it, and you that would be the topic of one episode of the podcast. So of origin stories. Okay. Take take a simple meme, like the jealous the jealous girlfriend meme. Who started that meme? Where's okay, now person? you're talking. And you do that would be the origin story of that meme. And you would go find the person that started it. How did it start? Where did it go viral? And you would do a whole episode. That would be one episode on that one meme of origin stories.
0: I, I love it. I'm all in on this one. I think the weirder, the thing, the better, because, um, I mean, honestly, I was out when you were, when Walmart was part of your pitch, I I was out. But when you went to the meme, the jealous girlfriend meme, I was like, okay, I'm, I can't be in any deeper than I am right now. Like, yeah. Origin stories of, of obscure, weird, like freaky, quick hit type stuff. Yeah. Or maybe entirely memes. maybe it's exclusively about
1: me. That could be, that could be the, or maybe it's just the, or call it origin stories, but it's just about the origin story of a hit meme and do a season of that. There's, I don't know how many legendary memes like that. You could probably think of 20. If we sat down and brainstormed, that's a that's a pretty good amount of episodes for a podcast. I love it. That's good. And then green okay, light. So We got a green light on that. We got a great one. Okay, another one is you take a funny person like yourself and another person that is challenged with making you laugh hysterically. Not just laugh or giggle or a polite laugh or a grin or like, ha. Yeah. But they sit down, they have a 30-minute timer, and they have 30 minutes to make you laugh hysterically. Like like gut busting laughter, where you're crying, you're gonna maybe have a, a seizure laughter.
0: Okay, I think it's gonna be really hard. Um, I, may I may I um fine tune this a little bit. Yeah. Oh, I'm open. Okay. To it. Can we have a Can we dash in a little bit of fear factor on this one? Okay. okay where so it's like, like if the person is not making me laugh, then like they then like bad shit happens to them. You know, like they have to make me like if they make me laugh or whoever it is, they win money. But every like five minutes that I don't that they don't make me laugh or get a chuckle, then it's like four more snakes get released into their pants.
1: Oh, it does add a little more drama to it.
0: Yeah. So it's like, okay, it's like it's like fear factor, like LOL edition or whatever. Yeah. Joe Rogan can still host it, actually. If I don't think he's doing
1: anything. Yeah, no, he's not busy. He's not, he's not, he doesn't have anything going on, does he?
0: Yeah.
1: Might as well get him back for it. (laughs) He's been waiting for that news radio revitalization for years to get back to work. Okay. Thank you so much, Chris. True. And to close out the show, I think that you might be willing to do a little, uh, some thoughts and advice to close it out. And if no pressure, if you don't want to, but.
0: Yeah. So you want me to give some thoughts and advice?
1: If you have something you would like to lend. Otherwise, I could talk about uh, uh, travel mucks.
0: Oh, actually. I would love to hear and comment on your advice because, um, because I don't know if you've noticed, but I have been drinking out of a travel mug this entire time. Smart.
1: See, that's a smart man. It's a person that's smarter than me because I have not been drinking out of a travel mug in this podcast. And that reason, that's what I want to talk about and address. I have been living on the edge. I'm a madman. I've been living on the edge for a decade. Yeah, six over six years of podcasting, years before that of content creation. I am a madman. I have not been using a travel mug during that time. Around a studio with microphone, a soundboard, a laptop, an iPad, a camera, a ring light,
0: deranged.
1: I'm just I'm I am. I need assistance. I need help. There's a mental health problem here. I've not been using a travel mug for this. For all these years, and you can see it's open can. I'm just, I'm, I'm nuts, Chris. True, look, look at this. I'm going over my laptop, and I'm not. I'm just, I'm crazy.
0: I can't believe I agree to do this show.
1: It's I'm a, inappropriate. I'm, I'm a madman. You, Jesus. I, I, so anyway, I need help, and I've yeah. finally decided I'm going to get help. I'm going to go online tomorrow, and I'm going to order me a travel mug of my liking. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to live. I'm not about this life anymore. I can't. So
0: you're giving this. advice to other people to just basically not do what you've been doing.
1: Don't make the mistake that I've made. I've, I've, I had one close call. I've been very lucky. I did have one spill actually in the car. I thought I had soiled my laptop, but it actually oh, turned no. out it was in a nice protective case. Cause that's one thing I do. I might gamble, but I make sure to take money, a certain amount of money and put it into a, a locked up, safe that i can't get to and my locked up safe is a good travel bag that protects my laptop when i'm traveling that that keeps it secure and covered so thanks to the travel case that i had it kept my laptop from being soiled love it when i I had that spill in the car that's my my money that's being put locked away but i'm a madman. i'm not going to live this life anymore i'll have a travel mug by the next show
0: you know what you should you should play your own time effects for applause to that right now you deserve it There it is.
1: Thank you all for listening. It's it's just it's something I needed to get off my chest, and I appreciate Chris True. I appreciate you for listening and and being there for me into this this time where I'm I'm healing. I'm healing. I'm 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 here here for you, my dude. I'm I'm here for you. I'm becoming a better person. (laughs) Chris True, thank you so much. Uh, Once again, tell everyone where they could find you.
0: Yeah, so find me on Instagram, at Chris True. And if you send me a message, follow me there, send me a message. I'll add you to my email list and give you a free improv class if you're interested in that. And the book is available right now on uh, Amazon, the ebook and the audio book. And if you don't mind, why don't you throw Thunderpop TV a five-star review wherever you're listening or watching this. If you're not subscribed to Thunderpop, you better do that shit right now. and give it a nice review be sweet tell a friend about it all that good stuff
1: oh man too kind sir you're too kind (laughs) thank you so much for joining us uh and i this has been fun this has been a blast everybody out there have a good day our second millisecond good night Thunder Pop is a Hit the Bricks production.